listening to another powerful message from C3 Southwest Washington. We are so excited you're here with us, and we believe God has more in store for you. At this time, I am going to welcome Pastor Sunny Kane to the platform. She has a word. It has been a joy getting to meet with her yesterday. We had dinner uh, Hudson Grill with the ladies and it was good to be just to be able to talk to her and uh, to get her her you know because sometimes we we you know I included you you put people in ministry and leadership in a different category than you sometimes because you think oh they they don't know what I go through you know they don't know but Pastor Sunny is just so transparent she is one of the girls and she you know just to be able to glean from her and uh just the stories that she shared and just her wisdom i'm just so glad that she has been able to be here and that i've gotten to know her better and we've laughed about a few things that we haven't you know stories that we have in common um but at this time i'm gonna uh, share her we're gonna share her with you and she has a word for you today so why don't you just uh give her a big hand as she comes to the platform for a couple of people this morning before I get started. Would that be okay with you? I want to start with your pastors. Can you guys come stand up here? You know, church, these are your people. These are your leaders. These are the ones that carry all of the weight so that you can walk into the presence of God. I know they carry a lot, but you guys at the end of the day are responsible to God for them. And so as I pray for them, I'm not going to turn around this way, but as I pray for them, I want to ask you, will you extend your hand out? Like, what if this were you? What would you be wanting to happen to the people that were sitting behind you? Let's extend our faith and let's really believe that God has a word for these guys because I believe that, that God does. So why don't you turn around this way so I can reach? I like to touch. Come, come over this way a little bit. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, God. Lord, I thank you so much for Pastor Steve and Rowena. God, I thank you that they are faithful faithful, faithful, and Lord, that they absolutely say yes to your call every time. If it's hard or if it's easy, they say yes to your call every time. Lord, I thank you that you have brought these people around them to support their arms, to help their backs be strong. Lord, I thank you that you have brought such a good community around them, but Lord, I thank you that you've put the anointing on them to lead this city, not just this church, but this city. And Lord, I thank you that as they walk forward, Lord, that they will have influence not only in this house, but in this city. People will begin to know what C3 Church is. People will begin to know who Pastor Steve and Rowena are because of their faithfulness to you, not because of any kind of recognition that they want, not because of any kind of fame that they want, but Lord, I thank you that this church will grow and grow and grow. Guys, God woke me up at three o'clock this morning and I said, all right, if we're up, then what are we talking about here, right? And so I said, Lord, what is it that you've got? And I really believe, and you confirmed this this morning, it's funny how God confirms things if we'll just ask him. But I really believe, I don't know if you have a college around here or what, but I believe that this place is gonna be filled with young adults. I believe that they're gonna come from everywhere and it's not gonna be because of a strategy that you have, 
It's not because you're setting the way up or you're figuring out how you can market to them. It's because God has put a special anointing on the two of you to mother and father, this age group of people. And I believe they're gonna come flooding in. You don't have to go get them, they're going to come in. And I think that your daughter, Val, thank you. I believe you're gonna be instrumental in this. Not because you're that age, but because I think that they're going to look to you. God's putting a special favor on your life so that when they come in, that they'll look to you and they'll go straight to your parents to receive that fathering and mothering that they never received before. I believe that people are gonna come in and they were gonna have been in one place where they didn't believe at all, not even a little bit. And you guys are gonna make that love of the Father so apparent and that lives will be transformed. So I just wanna pray for you right now. Lord, I thank you so much for your anointing that rests on their lives. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just fill them even right now from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. Lord, that they would experience you, that your anointing would fall on them even in this moment for what's to come. Lord, bless them, bless every place that they set their feet. And Lord, make the way clear and apparent that you're doing it, not them. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Abby, 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 Abby. Is there another song that's like that? Um, it's probably not what they say. I go to a workout place and they sing things like that that are probably have bad words in them. I have no idea. You're on the treadmill. You don't know. You're just trying to survive. But Abby, um, I was talking to your mom yesterday and I said, she's got to be your daughter. And she said, yes, she is. Uh, and just some things that God had spoken to me again, they got confirmed this morning. And I want you to know this, that God has anointed your voice, that you're going to lead hundreds and thousands of people into the presence of God. And that is not through singing. You may think that it is, but I believe that God's made you a preacher. I believe that you're going to preach in other nations. Again, your mom confirmed that when I was talking to her last night and she didn't even know it. God had been speaking to me yesterday and it just keeps, it keeps coming. So you need to know that your words are anointed, that that boldness that you have is not your own, that he's placed that on the inside of you. And it's not any kind of preparation that you do. It's the anointing that's on your life. It's the anointing that's on your words. Your words have power. You don't have to go find that power. It's living right on the inside of you. I think that you'll be astonished by what happens in the places that you go. It may not be your main prof pro profession. It doesn't mean necessarily that that's gonna be all that you do. Maybe you have a job here and you get these opportunities to go in different places, but know that he has selected you, he has chosen you, and he has anointed you to bring people into the presence of God through the power of your words. Lord, I thank you for Abby, and I just pray right now that you would touch her. I pray that in the right time that that would come, not before, not even one second before. Lord, we know that it's not through anything that Abby does, but it's all you. So Lord, open the doors when they need to be open and give her the confidence that she needs. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And what was the little boy's name, the little five-year-old that was up here? Isaac. Where's Isaac's parents? Awesome. Isaac's dad. Let me just tell you something. <laughs> that boy, my goodness, that boy, the, the Lord has put just a boldness on the inside of him from the moment, I just spit, from the moment that he came out of the womb, he has got this unbelievable boldness on him. Last night I was at a dinner and they were talking about him. And they said he's, he was so excited about going to a man dinner. 
which I thought was the cutest thing in the whole world. But God even began speaking to me then, which is so bizarre. And uh, I really feel like that God's giving him this ability to see the big picture, not right now, of course, but God's put a boldness in him that's not gonna make sense to you and his mom. It's not gonna make any sense. You're almost gonna say, what in the world are you talking about? But you need to know that God has gifted him to see from a higher perspective. I thought it was so funny when I walked in today that he was actually pretending that he was flying. And I felt like the Lord said, what I told you is right. What I told you is true. He will see from a higher perspective and God's given him a boldness. You know, in the Bible where Jesus is in the temple and his parents say, what in the world were you doing there? And he said, don't you understand that I had to be about my father's business? There's gonna be some things that he does when he gets older that you and his mom say, what in the world are you doing? He's being about his father's business. That kid's anointed to do big things. He's gonna be a massive history maker, for sure. For sure. All right, well, if I keep praying, I'm not going to have time to preach, and that's why you're here. That's why you're here. It's not Select Prophecy Day. Guys, thank you so much. You are awesome, as you already know, although you are humble. Hey, listen, it's a real privilege to be standing here today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I do not take it lightly at all that I'm standing in your pulpit and that you've given me uh, that permission. And so I am just thrilled that God sent me all the way from Atlanta to preach in this place. So you're here on purpose. God has brought you here for a reason, just like he's brought me here for a reason. And I have been dying to meet you. Did you know that you're a part of something way bigger than yourselves? Way bigger than yourselves. Every single Sunday morning, they start in Australia and they begin to praise and they begin to worship while you're still asleep. And then it goes over to Asia. The C3 churches in Asia begin to praise and worship and they just continue to pave the way for their family. And then it goes over to Africa and then it goes over to Europe. And then in Atlanta, I wake up thinking, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. We get to begin to pave the way into the presence of God. And it goes all the way across the U.S. And here you are every Sunday morning. I want you to know that your family has gone before you and they're doing the exact same thing that you're doing. We are in this together. I am your cousin, your southern cousin that you haven't met and I've been dying to meet you. I'm so honored to be here this morning. I'm so honored to meet my family. If I haven't met you before, which there's a ton of you I haven't met, I would love to at the end. If you feel courageous enough, come over and introduce yourself to me. That would be awesome. Well, like Pastor Rowena said, the theme for the weekend is Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We are his masterpiece. Now, we had a women's conference yesterday. Guys, I need you to not tune out because you too, regardless of if you feel like it or not, you too are his masterpiece. You too are his masterpiece. And we're going to continue on in that vein today. You know, the the medium for his masterpiece is your heart. He's not painting on a canvas. He's not making a sculpture. No, no, he's, um, he's making a masterpiece out of your heart. The medium for his masterpiece is our heart. And your heart is a container with a lot of things in it. Your heart is who you are. It's who you are. It's what you're made of. It's where your character lies in your heart. It's where your greatest vulnerabilities are in your heart. It's where you love and where you trust and where you dream, where you hurt. It's where you hope and it's where you feel. It's the very most important part of your body. 
the most important part. Did you know that the heart is mentioned 830 times in the Bible? So it's kind of a big deal, don't you think? It's kind of a big deal. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's right. Where your treasure is, there your will be also. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your Man, you guys are so biblically literate. You're killing it. One of the psalmists even says that they hide God's word in their heart. They hide God's word in their heart. When you make the biggest decision and you say, Jesus, be the Lord of, your li- of my life, what does Paul tell us to do? He says we confess with our mouth and we believe with our heart. Not your brain, your heart. And that tells me and should tell you that our hearts, they are a big decision maker. They are a big decision maker, which leads me to this. Solomon tells us in Proverbs to guard our hearts because from it, all else, not some things, not a couple of things, not most things, all else, because it determines the course of your life. It determines the course of your life. So it determines your future, who you'll be, where you'll go, what you'll do, the things that you'll accomplish. I'm telling you, this container inside your chest, it is not your mama's Tupperware. It is not. There's so much in it. So my question for you this morning is what is in your heart? What is in your heart? Yesterday I asked the ladies, where are you? I'm not asking you that today. We're shifting. What is in your heart? The title of my message today is Junk in the Trunk. (laughs) Junk in the Trunk. And for anyone that likes clues to games, I'm just going to go ahead and let you know that your trunk is your heart. You got that? To go ahead and translate that for you from the very beginning. Some people, um, they they take this phrase as something awesome. I've got junk in the trunk. J-Lo and Beyonce, like they are so pumped that they have junk in their trunk. Did you know on that note that they sell pants that have little bottom enhancers in them. Like they have implants that you wear in the pants. Junk in your trunk, it's a big deal. It's a great thing on some, on some people. But then there's other of, others of us that maybe enjoyed Christmas too much, and it's already March now, that we don't want you to tell us we have junk in our trunk. It can be positive or it can be a negative thing. And I don't know what camp you sit in, but it doesn't matter. Just come along with me. Are you ready? Let's come along and dive into this. I was listening to a message by Joyce Meyer a while back, and she said something that just keeps coming back to me and actually shaped this message. She said, we spend a lot of time looking at our outsides, but we hardly ever stop to look at our insides. How true is that? How embarrassing is that, really? But how true is that? Every time we pass a mirror, even the guys... Even the guys. Every time we pass a mirror, we have to look. At home, before we leave, we look and we make sure that we're all in order. In the car, before we get out, are we all good to go here? Like, is everything good? We look in the car before we get out. When we go to the bathroom, girls, just a little fruff, fruff. Right? We look in the mirror. On the phone, we have to do a quick tooth check, guys. Sometimes you get stuff in your teeth, and people don't tell you, but you have to look. We're always looking at our outsides because it's this innate thing. We've got to know what do we look like because what if someone sees something out of place on us? What if someone sees something a little out of whack? What if we don't represent ourselves the way that we would like to? They just 
might judge us. So we want to make sure that our outsides look good and we don't get judged. But our hearts, guys, oh, our hearts. People may judge our outsides, but no one can see our hearts. Oh, our hearts, they're private. They're a secret place. Only people that are invited in can see our hearts. But 1 Samuel says this, The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by our outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Oh, shoot. You thought it was private. You thought no one could see, but he can see. Each day we give thought to what people think of us based on how we're dressed. I'm telling you, guys, you cannot tune out because you're the same. Maybe you don't have fashionable clothes. Maybe you do. Maybe you do. But you still want to look like decent, right? We feel like people are going to determine what they think of us from the way that we're dressed or the way that our hair is brushed or girls, the way that our makeup is. We worry about that every single day instead of worrying about the one that we will spend eternity with, what he thinks. We worry about what the people around us think, but we forget to worry about the one that matters the most, the one that loves us more than anyone could ever love us. What does he think? What does he see? We're too worried about everyone else. But the truth is he sees it all. He sees it all. So I want to take a minute this morning to get real. Can we do that? If I'm here, I just want to do the job. Like, I want to be your family. I want to get to know you. But I also want to do the job that God sent me to do. So let's get real for just a minute this morning. If we're talking about junk in the trunk, I want to ask you what junk is in your trunk today? What junk is eating up your heart? I have a confession to make. It's been a few years now, but before my kids could drive, you need to know, number one, I'm a pretty big neat freak. But before my kids could drive, my car, my car would not get so neat. You know, I've got two boys, they're dirty. Like, boys are just, sorry, boys are just dirty. Let's be for real here. I had a busy schedule. I don't have tons of time to get my car cleaned out. I had a big makeup bag on the side of the, you know, the passenger side in case I need to freshen up for what people are looking at. I am that person that can drive and put on my mascara. Judge all you want. all right. I'm good at it. I love Coke Zero. It's my favorite drink in the world. There might be a cup or two in there back in the day. But in one instant, my life would go from tidy to a mild episode of Hoarders. Because there would be so much junk in my car. I could not handle it. It's like, like making me twitch. I could not handle it. I refused to let it stay that way. But time was so precious that I improvised. I just got a grocery bag. I just got a little grocery bag. I started throwing all this stuff in and voila, it was done. I went and put it in my trunk. No one could see it. Stuck it in there, closed it up, and it didn't matter. No one could see that my car was dirty. No one could think that I was dirty. No one could see the real truth because I hid it in the back of my trunk. And it was fine because my trunk was organized and I had some stuff in there that I used, but it was just one little bag of trash, of junk that I would stick in the very back corner. Hey guys, that's exactly what we do with our hearts. We just hide it. We just hide the mess. See, what we do is we, we get a little grocery bag And we just open her up and we start filling it with all of that junk. Because if we can hide it, we'll be good to go. We just take our unforgiveness and we stick it in the bag. We take our our recent failures and we stick it in the bag. 
we take our hurt. I don't want you to see that, so I stick it in the bag. What about my guilt? That would be embarrassing. Put it in the bag, and then we take our disappointments. They're in here somewhere. We stick it in the bag, and we tie it up, and we hide it in the corner of our hearts. We hide it where no one can see it. See, there's so many good things in there. There's so many good things in our hearts that that little hidden bag, we don't think will really make a big difference. But the thing is, guys, is when you don't clean out your trunk, when you don't clean out that junk, it begins, begins to accumulate. And instead of one bag of trash, now there's two bags of trash and three bags of trash. Now they're falling open. Now they're starting to intertwine with all of those good things that are in our hearts. They're beginning to take over that little bit of bad stuff is taking over all of the good. Um, Here's a parable that Jesus talks about in Matthew. Why don't you read it with me? It says, The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce, produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted all that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds, they asked? No, he replied. You'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds. Pay attention for just a minute here. Not that you weren't. Tie them into bundles and burn them and to put the wheat in the barn. To separate them, to rip them apart, to tie them in bundles and to burn them. Listen, we've all got great stuff in our hearts. You're here in church. You're seeking after God. You want to learn more about how to be like him. That's why you're here this morning. You've got great stuff in there. You've got love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. All those things, they're planted in your heart. The Lord just keeps on planting seeds, creating you to be that masterpiece that he's called you to be over and over and over again. But little by little, see that junk, those little weeds, they begin to take root and they start to overtake those seeds that have turned into sprouts that God has planted in our hearts. The weeds start intertwining themselves. And if it goes on too long, if it gets bad enough, y'all, it gets painful to remove. It gets painful to remove them. Instead of just being pulled out as sproutlings, they have to be unwound ripped apart from the good things, and they have to be burned, separated from the wonderful things that lie beneath. Listen, as we start cleaning out our trunks this morning, I want us to go over a few things that are essentials, the good things that are in your trunk. Let's make sure that those are good and not intertwined this morning so that we can step forward into the things that God has called us to do. So What things should be in our trunk? What are the essentials that we need to make sure are away from all of those weeds and all of that junk so that we can go ahead and walk into that masterpiece life that he's called us into? One thing would be this, a map. A map. This map was in the trunk. It got a little battered. It got a little little bruised. That just happens. Uh, But, you know, some of the junk kind of got, got stuck in there. But a map, who uses a map anymore? You're thinking, I have GPS. Well, what if you don't have service? Huh? 
what do you do then? Well, you need a map. You need a map. Remember what Solomon told us? Solomon told us that we have to guard our hearts because it gives us the direction of our lives. This map right here gives you direction. So I can kind of see where I'm going, but because it's gotten all intertwined with the junk, I've got holes in it, I've got coffee on it, I can sort of see, but I can't really see. It's kind of readable, but not so much. The map is like the Bible. The map is like your Bible. We don't want trash interweaving itself into the Word of God. We want to protect it. It's so valuable. We would hide it in our hearts. We want to protect that Bible. That's something you should have in the trunk is the Word of God. It will give you the pathway to the way that He's calling you to live. Do you have your Bible? Do you read your Bible? Have you gotten so busy that you can't read your Bible anymore? Because busyness is weeds. Weeds is junk. Our junk is our. You got me. Right? It gets, it gets intertwined from you understanding the truth and understanding the pathway in which you're to walk. So we've got to undo those weeds. That map, that's your Bible. You need to know it. You need to know it like the most important thing in your whole life. You need to protect it. Okay, what else is in here? What else do we need in our trunk? Jumper cables, right? You need jumper cables in your trunk. That is for sure. Sometimes our jumper cables, they get tied up in knots. They get tangled up because we just shove them in the back of the trunk, right? But they'll still work, I think, I hope. They're not very useful in knots, but they're our connection to power. So... It gives us life when our life is fading. It, it fills us up when we have no life. So can I get a couple of volunteers? Jumper cables are our connection. Um, Jesse, can you come up and help and pick one person out to help you? Oh, wow. Everybody's super pumped about it. It's good. It's good. Don't worry. You're not going to get shocked. You're not going to get shocked. Way to go. So Jesse's going to undo these jumper cables because they've gotten tied in a knot and and you need to understand that your jumper cables are your connection, right? They're your connection to other people. So when I get overcome and overwhelmed with junk, when these weeds start growing up in my life, this connection is my lifeline. Because, see, this is the deal. You guys spread out a little bit. You're doing great, doing great. Okay, so this connection right here, this is my lifeline, right? Tell me your name again. Bethany. So Bethany is connected to Jesse, and what happens is Jesse has the power of God living on the inside of her heart, right? So what Jesse can do when she's connected to Bethany is she can actually give her life once again because she's got life on the inside of her. She's got hope on the inside of her. She's got love. She's got truth flowing from her into other people. I'm not getting new agey or weird. It's just the truth. It overflows. If you're seeking after God, it overflows from your life into the lives of others. She can encourage Bethany because of who she is in Christ. 
It begins traveling through that wire like a lifeline. See, when Bethany's down, Jesse can say, greater is he than he that is in the world. And Bethany goes, oh, wait, I forgot about that. That's true. Because see, these weeds are entangling her life. Jesse can say, God's not giving you a spirit of fear, Bethany. And Bethany can go, oh, that's so true. Gosh, I'm so thankful that I'm friends with you because I was terrified like, I, I just got confused for a minute. She can say, you're more than a conqueror, Bethany. And Bethany can go, oh, my gosh, I am. I am more than a conqueror. That's exactly who Christ Jesus has created me to be. Thank you, girls. Great job. This is Jessie. She's my youth director. She is absolutely incredible and my lifeline for sure lots of times. Lots of times. See, those jumper cables, they're your connection. In your trunk, you need to have jumper cables. You need to make sure that you're connected to good, godly people so that what they have on the inside of them is flowing into you. It can help undo those weeds. And also, you ready for this? What you have should be flowing into them. You have to be careful who those jumper cables are attached to because if they're attached to the wrong people, my dad always said, Red positive, black negative. If you mess those up, your battery's going to explode all over you. Let me tell you, if you've got your jumper cables connected to the wrong people, your life is going to explode all over you. So disconnect if that's the case. People are so important. Being connected to godly people. Pastor Emma read it yesterday. I'm going to read it to you again. Ecclesiastes says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? Man, it feels better to be alone sometimes. I don't want to mess with all those people. They're feely and have attitudes. No, no, that's not the way it works. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. Oh, shoot, I better find someone. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Hey, that's what the word of God says. I'm not making it up. You want to be connected to good, godly people. All right, let's keep looking. What else is in our trunk here? A first aid kit. Gosh, I'm such a nerd. Who really has a first aid kit? And there trunk. You should. That's who should. So a first aid kit is important that you've got in your trunk and that you've got it stocked and ready to use. So what do you need? Let's talk about the important elements of your, to, of your um, not to go kit. That's it. First aid box. Let's talk about the really important elements. And one of those would be this, a cold compress. Oh, that's weird. What in the world am I supposed to do with a cold compress? Let me tell you, when you're swollen... <laughs> When things aren't going well, this right here will take the pain away and it will take the swelling off of the infected area. A cold compress. You need to make sure that there is a cold compress in your first aid box because it's worship. That cold compress is like worship. Anytime that there's swelling in your life, anytime that something's not going your way, if you'll just begin to worship, you will find that the swelling will go down. You want to make sure that worship, you've got it finely tuned. You may not have to be a great singer, but you need to make sure that in any moment you can turn that radio on and go, I know what my circumstance is, but even more, Lord, I will worship you. I will praise you because you are the king of kings. You've made me more than a conqueror, right? We begin to worship and the swelling goes down. What else do you need in your kit? You need a salve. You need a salve. It's ointment. 
This ointment brings healing. You stick it on and things begin to heal. This right here represents biblical promises. You know, I talked about your map, about you having a Bible and reading that Bible. But you know what's really important? That you've got a few promises that you've memorized that you can stand on. Because when life is going bad and those weeds are beginning to get intertwined in your life, the last thing you want to do is, let me figure out what Bible I want to, where my Bible is, and I want to open it up and see if I can find something. No, no, you need to have it. It's salve. You need to have those scriptures that you can stand on because they'll bring healing. What else have we got? Band-Aids, gauze. Band-Aids and gauze. All right, these cover your wounds. Band-Aids and, and gauze, they cover your wounds. And this is like prayer. Do you have people in your life? Do you have people that you hold in your heart that you pray for? Because I'll tell you something, their life is better if you do. Are people praying for you? Because that's what you need. You need people that are praying for you. You need to have an active prayer life, being in a relationship with God. Don't get so busy with doing the work of the ministry that you forget to connect with the one who is the ministry. So important. Tape. Tape's our next one. Let's keep on kicking things around here. Tape helps hold things together. It helps keep things in place. This is like friendship. Friendship is so important. Friendship, people that can pull you out of the mud and the muck, that can hold you together when you can't hold yourself together. And then lastly, right here, antiseptic. Antiseptic. You know, when I was a kid and I would fall and skin my knee, my mom would go and get the Bactine. Do you guys know what Bactine is? And she would spray it onto my knee. Ah! Please don't spray it on there. Is there anything else that we can do? Because antiseptic, it cleans out the dirt and it cleans out the infection. Our antiseptic in our trunk is forgiveness. It's forgiveness and, oh, it burns. It's not easy to forgive sometimes, but we need to make sure we always have that sitting in our heart ready to freely give. We give out forgiveness. So let me ask you, can you find your first aid kit? Can you find it through all of the stuff in your trunk, all the stuff that's in your heart? Can you find those things? Or are you too busy? Are you bogged down with work? Are you bogged down taking care of the kids? Are you bogged down going to sports? Are you bogged down trying to take care of everyone else's problems where you're forgetting? Just like on the airplane, you have to take care of yourself first. You have to have that lifeline to the Lord. I don't mean take care of anything else. So I'm not talking about self-care here. I'm not a fan. If you can have your relationship right with God, he is the self-care. And then once you get that oxygen, you can help other people. Have you gotten, forgotten to replenish what's in your first aid kit? Proverbs says, I walked by the field of a lazy person. This is important. I walked by the field of a lazy person, the vineyard of one with no common sense. I saw that it was overgrown with nettles. It was covered with weeds and its walls were broken down. Then as I looked and thought about it, I learned this lesson. Let's learn this. I just went through all that stuff, y'all. I need you to really take this in. A little extra sleep, oh, it's so nice. A little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. I love resting. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. What? I just, I love to rest. I love to fold my hands. Poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. 
Guys, I'm begging you. I'm here all the way from Atlanta to tell you, don't get caught without these first aid essentials in your life. Don't get caught without friendship and without biblical promises and without friends and without prayer and without being in a place that you can worship freely and easily. That's your number one go-to. Don't be in that place. Because I'll tell you, a lot of you are strong people and you think that you're not susceptible, but I'm here to tell you, sadly, that you are. Because once the weeds begin to grow, they will take over and they can pull down the strongest fence. So we've got to be ready. We have to have our first aid kit ready to go. So in closing, I just have a quick charge for you. I have a challenge for you. I have three things that I want to ask you to do. Three things. If you can take this away, I believe that your life is going to be a whole lot easier. My charge to you is this. Number one, open your trunk. Open up your heart and look in there every single day. Day. Don't let a day go by that you don't check your heart. And don't be afraid of what you'll find. Sometimes it's scary to open that thing. Sometimes it's scary to see the mold and the mildew and everything that's taken over in there. But if you'll just begin to open it, all those first aid essentials will come in and it'll make it a whole lot easier. Number one, open your heart. Open your trunk and look in there daily. Number two, clean out the junk. Clean it out. If you need to disconnect from those people that you're connected to that don't have a good influence on you, disconnect from those people. Untangle the cables. Untangle the jumper cables. Get a clean map, a clean one. Not like this. Get a clean map and keep it safe. Hide it in your heart. So number one, open your trunk and look in there every day. Number two, clean out the junk. And the last one, I'm pleading with you. God sent me to tell you, find your first aid kit. Find it and make sure it's replenished and ready to go. Make sure that you've got it filled up with all of the right things. You've got two amazing pastors right here that will help you. I don't have friends. Well, that's an embarrassing thing for me to go and tell them. They're good. They're not going to put it on the beautiful, beautiful LED screen that I'm so envying, which isn't holy. They're not going to put it up here. They're not going to make a video. Did you know that Thomas doesn't have friends, everyone? Let's have a prayer meeting for him. They're not going to. They're going to help you to get friends. They're going to help you to find those biblical promises. They're going to help you so that you've got salve that'll, that'll rub over all of those hurt places. Take inventory. Ask your pastors to help you. So that that's it. Open your trunk every day. You got that? Number two, clean out the junk. Number three, find your first aid kit and replenish it immediately, immediately ask your pastors for help. If God is willing to craft the masterpiece, we have to be willing to give him room to move. We have to be willing to give him our heart so that he can have free reign. Let him help you rid the junk. At the end of the day, this is what we want the posture of our hearts to be. I'm going to read it to you. I want you to close your eyes. This is what we want the posture of our hearts to be at the end of the day. When our trunks are clean, you have tested my thoughts and examined my heart in the night. You have scrutinized me and found nothing wrong. I am determined not to sin in what I say. I have followed your commands, which keep me from following cruel and evil people. My steps have stayed on your path. I have not wavered from following you. Why don't you stand up to your feet this morning?
That's the posture of our hearts. Lord, I've given you everything. I've done my best to walk in the way that you've called me to walk. Find me pleasing in your sight. I believe if we'll clean out our trunks every day, if we'll get our pastors to help us get the right people in our lives, get the right biblical practices, spiritual practices going on in our lives, that that's the posture that we'll stand in. So before I leave this morning, I wanna pray for you. I wanna ask everyone to close their eyes once again. You know, the Bible says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. See, it's the great exchange when we come to his altar. We can give him our stuff and he'll in exchange give us his stuff, his light burden. So if you've been listening today and you're just thinking, man, I've got, a, some, I've got some junk I wanna get rid of. I've got some things that I wanna change. I'm not gonna ask you to come up here, but everyone's eyes are closed. I just wanna ask you to raise your hands because I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna pray for every person in here. But God's gonna speak to your heart as I'm praying. I really believe it. So just hold your hands open, seek after him and let me pray over you. Lord, I thank you so much for every person in this room. I thank you, Lord, for your anointing that flows in this place. Lord, I thank you for your love that covers every person, your mercy, your grace, your kindness. Lord, I thank you that it's your kindness that brings us to repentance. And Lord, as we stand here, me too, with my hands lifted to you, Lord, we come in repentance. We come for that great exchange. We come to hand you all of the weeds. We're sorry that we've let them get in there. We hand you all of the weeds. We hand you all of the confusion. We hand you all of the junk. And Lord, we thank you that you took it for us. Lord, again, we thank you that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And right now we release all of those things to you and we receive the grace, mercy, and love that you have to give us to replace all of that junk. Lord, search our hearts and find our motives pleasing to you. I pray that you would cover every person, Lord, that they would walk out free, free, free in Jesus' name, and that you would remind them of these practices every single morning. Let me get up and do those things that Pastor Sonny told me about. Lord, remind us so that we can live a life that pleases you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for being with us today. Be sure to like and subscribe and visit us at c3swwa.com for more information about our church.